welcome to Heartworks Studios, the podcast. My name is Jesse Perkins. My name is Kaylee Denikin. And our Heartworks Studios podcast is a place where you can find inspiration to heal and find your own heartwork. Here at Heartwork Studios, we believe that everybody has a path to healing and we want to hold your hand and help you find that path. So sit back, relax, take a deep breath, listen to the content that we have for you on this podcast that will make you feel safe, heard, and inspired to heal yourself in your own heart. From our heart to yours. Heartworkers, today I am so excited to introduce one of my best friends and just a wealth of health knowledge, Jenna Michelle. She's an integrative nutrition health coach and a certified pre and postnatal fitness coach. She just has so much to talk about when it comes to health in all aspects of your life. We will dive into disordered eating what true health means throughout all seasons of life as a woman, societal trends and their negative effects on nutrition and body image. She leaves us with a toolbox to make simple changes that will change your mindset around nutrition and health. I hope you enjoy this and get as much out of it as we did. Jenna, how are you feeling about your mission? and healing women around the country right now. I'm feeling great. I'm so excited to be here. And this is really like, I don't know, I guess a dream come true, kind of expanding and helping women heal all over. That's so awesome. Um, So what do, can you kind of explain a little bit for our listeners what each of your coach titles means? Um, Because I know you have a couple and just the kind of the differences between the two and how they kind of interconnect. Yeah. So my integrative nutrition health coach, it's such a like lengthy term and I wish it could be shortened, but um, (laughs) it's really, um, it's really like viewing health in a holistic way. And I don't mean holistic as in like, a lot of people think holistic means like homeopathic remedies, which is great but holistic in the way of like, I look at your life as a whole. So most of my clients come to me and they say something very vague, like, oh, I want to get healthy. And to them, getting healthy means like not eating junk food. But to me, getting healthy means like being okay, eating health, eating junk food, and like finding balance in all areas of your life. Um, And really viewing things like your relationships, your general happiness, your Um, exercise routine, like things like that are more important than the food you eat is really secondary. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my certified pre and postnatal fitness coach certification, that is um, just to help women pre and postnatal. So that means pregnancy and right after giving birth, um, get their strength back or continue their strength through their pregnancy fitness is a huge part of my life. And when I was pregnant, I really found a gap in the training for women. Uh, You're kind of told by your doctor, like the old research is don't get your heart rate up too much. Don't lift anything over 10 pounds. And there's new research and, you know, more doctors are supporting that you can work out if you've been working out before. And it's just super empowering to be pregnant and still be able to go on hike or lift weights. 
or go on a run or do yoga or something. So right, and not just be on bed rest all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was no. I did not play the pregnancy card at all. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> um, and how did you get these certifications, or when did you get them? Because I know in at Castleton you studied nutrition as well, right? Yeah, so I studied health psychology in Castleton. So there was definitely an aspect of nutrition. And I've just always been really interested in nutrition and health and wellness. And because there's so much, so much confusion and conflicting information out there that even somebody who's interested in it can get confused. So I really want to help it help, you know, break it down and make it simple for people. So I was kind of going through like a career change or shift or just feeling like my job at the time wasn't really what I wanted to be doing full-time and I got well it was doing it full-time I mean long-term um (laughs) and I got pregnant and I was like I gotta make a change so I was actually 28 weeks pregnant when I started my health coaching course it was a year-long course it was yeah it was online um and it I didn't know how I would do online because I really like like the setting of school but it just wasn't in the cards for me so um but I loved it. I felt like I had great support. Um, and so, yeah, so that one was online. It was a year long course with tests and you have to pass and hand in documents and stuff. And then my pre and postnatal was also on, on an online course. That one took me, that one was less structured, but it took me about five months to do. Um, Jen, I just want to say, I love what you said about, um, you know, women coming to you and they might say like, I want to get healthy. And there's just, it's overwhelming for them because there's so many options. Um, And I want to like really stress that because I think that like, sometimes there's just like this societal push for, for especially women to be like, Oh, you need to be fit. You need to be in the gym every day. You need to restrict, restrict, restrict. Like you have, this program is the best or this program is the best. This program is the best. Um, It's all about, you know, working out or it's all about food or it's all about, like we, I think that society kind of teaches us to hone in on one thing. Um, and just that, you know, we have to be very restrictive. And I, I think something that I really love about what you said was that, you know, there's health can look at, look at every aspect of your life and it's not just, Oh, you want to get healthy. Okay. Well, you need to get a gym membership and here's this meal plan that you need to follow. But it's like, (laughs) actually, how are you sleeping? Like, how are your relationships with people and with your job? And, what's your energy level like? Like, uh, I just really value that um, you mentioned that because I I think that that's a big um, kind of like area where women struggle is they have this idea that they think that they're supposed to be so perfect and robotic and um, in the sense of like, in the sense of fitness and nutrition. Um, And then they sometimes too, in that process, like forget to look at the health picture of actually like, Maybe instead of saying, how do I get skinny? Let's say, how do I get healthy? Like, what does health look like? Um, So I I really value that you said that. Yeah, exactly. I I mean, when I got this certification, friends and family would come to me and ask like, okay, what's the best diet? Or what do you think about keto? Or, Mm. you know, um, like, what's the best place to eat out on a diet? And it's like, oh, that's not what I do at all. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not going to give you a meal plan. Like, um, and yeah, diet culture just really forces women to think that they need to like lift three pound weights 
and eat yogurt. And that's so <laughs> Time not to start wrapping up your work. It. <laughs> Sorry, my Alexa just went off, everyone. Oh, I thought that was my like anchor. <laughs> Nope, it was my Alexa. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I was like, well, Anchor, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> um, I think that's amazing, too. And also, I think the societal push for women to get smaller or to be smaller and not take up so much space as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I just love that your mission is is all about, I mean, I never see anything, any before and afters for you. And it's not about what you look like at all. Um, Yeah, I did one of those before, like that 10 year challenge. And I really struggled with doing this because I was like, I don't want people to think like this is a before and after kind of thing. But I also want people to see like what can happen when you like actually put into your health. Mm -hmm. So like, that's probably the one and only before and after I'll ever do. Right. (laughs) But, But it's like, I, you know, I do want to prove to people that like you can reach your goals or like really be happy with your health and your life by not dieting, by not caring what size jeans you wear. Um, because when I was doing that, I was not happy. I didn't look healthy. Um, and I mean, you can see it in the two photos, but again, it's not what it looks like. It's, it's how I was feeling. Exactly. So do you think your, your mission kind of changed a little bit, like from, your vision of being a health coach from maybe like college to now, has it completely shifted? Totally. I mean, in college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> who does? <laughs> um, who does? Um, but yeah, I mean, just in this last couple years of, you know, my pregnancy played a part in it, but just like really learning what what health is and it's not I mean I was like the diet queen I did every fad diet I would eat 100 calorie packs of things um I had really weird food obsession things and Jess you may not have like noticed or known in college because even TJ said like I didn't know you were like that with food and I was like see that's how you know someone has a problem like they're good at hiding it (laughs) um but it's just my whole idea of health. You know, I used to think health was restricting food and, and not eating cookies because they're bad and not eating this because it's bad or eating a lot of this because it's good. And and if some exercise is good, more is better. And that's just like, it's so wrong. <laughs> Every piece of that is wrong. Right. I'm wondering if like how you have that conversation with like your clients, if they come to you and they're seeing themselves in that light or they're seeing happiness in that light. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. how do you have that conversation with someone who might come to you and, and be maybe in a space like that of thinking like, I need to restrict my calories. I need to be in the gym for three hours a day or I'm bad. Like I can't, yeah. I can't eat cookies or I'm bad. I can't eat. I mean, this bag of Doritos, I'm biased to those, but because it's bad, <laughs> like, like, how do you, what yeah. are your conversations with someone like that sound? I'm just thinking for someone that might be listening, that's like, yes, yes, yesing everything that you're saying, like, what might they need to hear right now? So one of the, like, most common things I get on the phone with my client, and I'm like, hey, how's it been going? And they're like, oh, I've been so good. I haven't had any sugar. And it's like, oh, we have so much work to do. <laughs> <laughs> because you your moral compass has nothing to do with the amount of sugar you're eating and guess what even though you've been avoiding cookies or whatever you think has sugar in it like you're still eating sugar because 
fruits and vegetables break down to sugar. Right. So, um, you know, people's basic knowledge of nutrition, but yeah, when somebody has this very like black and white, like this food is bad, this is good. I'm bad for not going to the gym or it's, or it's good to go to the, you know, those very black and white. I ask them like, you know, what, what is so bad about Doritos? Like what's so bad about it? Um, and get them to, you know, eventually they'll say like, well, nothing really. And I love them. And so I help them to eat, you know, a handful of Doritos a day and not the whole bag. You know, one of my, one suggestion I gave to somebody and it totally changed. She said it changed her life was I suggested she buy portion bags of popcorn instead of the big bag because she likes to finish the bag. So we'll just make the bag smaller. Mm. So, um, it's just getting people, I ask the questions that get people to come up with these answers on their own. Like, okay, like Doritos really aren't bad and I really like them. So I'm going to keep eating them, but I don't like the way I feel when I eat the whole bag of them. (laughs) So I'll just have, you know, the serving size. Right. And repair that relationship to like, if they do perhaps maybe have a cookie that day, you don't think about it all day long and give yourself a guilt trip about it. It just becomes part of, you know, okay, well, you accept it. You know, it doesn't make you a good or bad at what you're doing. It doesn't make that day a failure. Right. Removing those words like good and bad food from your language is so powerful. And suddenly when you remove those words, you don't have the guilt and the shame that you used to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I used to remember waking up and let's say after a night of drinking or something, like some people would say, oh my God, what did I do? Like, I could really care less what I did. My first thought was, oh my God, what did I eat? (laughs) And I would give myself, (laughs) right? It's so true. (laughs) Like how much pizza did I order last night? (laughs) Yeah. Or like, oh my God, we made that last night and we ate that at what time? But, and let's take drinking out of it. Like, let's say, this was just a night home by myself. I've graduated college, moved on from that phase in my life, but I binged something on Netflix and I ate a bag of popcorn or something. And I woke up and I'd say, oh my God, what did I eat? And I'd feel so guilty for it mm. because that was a bad food. And it was just this overeating. And when you're overeating because it's bad and it's kind of this like, oh, I'm being so bad. Like I never do this. So it's fine. Like those little things you say to yourself and those things are so powerful. So just taking those, that language out. And um, this really came from me not wanting to call foods good and bad around Reagan because I want to raise her with a healthy relationship with food. And so we're, it's still kind of tough for me sometimes because, um, you know, I'll say like, oh, this is really good for you. But I have to tell myself like, no, like this is, these are vegetables and they are going to give you energy and there are a lot of vitamins and minerals, but you know, nothing about them being good or bad. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm going back, I'm thinking about too, how we teach health class to preschoolers and things and how we're like, these are our good food groups and things, but do they understand why they're good? Do they understand Mm -hmm. that they make you feel better, you know, Mm -hmm. than if you were to overindulge in something. So that's, that's such a great point. And being a mother of yeah. a daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a friend once told me when I was waiting to find out the sex of her, like, oh, God gives you what you need or something. Yeah. And I just feel so lucky that I get to raise a daughter in this world where, like, 
we grew up where it was like spaghetti straps and low waisted jeans and like just hip bones and collarbones like popping out everywhere. And it was just this like image to be so, so, so thin. And there's so many different bodies that are accepted now. And I'm just so excited to raise her to show her that health can be in any size Mm -hmm. and that any size is beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's so powerful. Tell me about like a little prenatal kind of because when you're pregnant your body changes and you're so hungry in the beginning like your first trimester is just I want to eat everything in sight and and you said um previously that that being pregnant did change your health goals um and the way you were looking at nutrition and even 28 weeks pregnant you decided to take that online course so what was it about that whole experience that kind of made it full circle Yeah, so I guess this is a loaded question. Um, To answer this, I have to go back to before I was pregnant. So like many of us, I was on birth control for 10 years, and it just was not working for me. I was just getting like crazier literally by the day. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I need to get off of it. Mm -hmm. So I got off of it in 2017, June of 2017. And I didn't get a period for a few months. So I went to my lady doctor and she just automatically said like oh well you might have trouble getting pregnant one day and like talked about all these tests and like I was like whoa whoa, hold up like I just told you I've been on birth control for 10 years maybe like my body's still catching up or balancing which I've later found out like to be the cause of me not having a period but anyways her saying like I could have trouble conceiving was like a huge wake-up call to me because here I was, this is back when I was pretty heavily into like exercising and restricting Mm -hmm. and like working out so much and just like taking all these weird supplements and powders and like pills from GNC because like they said that they'd be make me skinny or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. it was just this wake up call to me like, okay, what am I actually putting into my body? And is this one, I'm not getting the results I'm wanting on like my physical appearance so like that's out the window now and two like what's this doing to the inside of me and like could this affect like my future kids so I got home from that appointment and I just stopped everything like I used to have two protein powder shakes a day which made like wrecked havoc on my stomach so I stopped that I just stopped working out so much and sure enough like a couple months later I got my period And I really think it was from like stopping all of this like obsessive, what I thought was health at the time. In July of 2018, I found out I was pregnant. (laughs) So, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, from there, there was a part of me in my first trimester where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to gain so much weight. And I'm, I'm five foot, like five pounds on me looks like a lot. So I was so worried about like, growing a human attached to me (laughs) so I was like I went back into that like diet culture mindset I was like I must track my food and I need to start working out more and like that's just not possible when you're in your first trimester because your your eating is like literally to survive some days you can't eat some days you want to eat everything and your energy is just like absolutely zero Mm -hmm. so like if I had 20 minutes I was napping I was not working out um 
so trusting my body in that, like, I almost couldn't not trust it. I couldn't not listen to what it was saying in the first trimester. So, you know, I got through that. And then I came out into the second trimester. I was like, oh, my God, I feel so good. Um, Like, my energy is back. And I was just like, I just felt so good. So, like, again, like, listening to my body, like, proved me right again. And Jess, you had mentioned like your hunger. And that was a huge thing to listen to because for probably 10 years before this, I had just ignored my hunger cues. Like if I was hungry, I would like eat a grape thinking that would, you know, <laughs> fill me up or like hold me over. Right. Um, or, you know, like a couple almonds or something. And that never did. So listening to your hunger cues when you're pregnant, because like I said, like it's so strong, you just can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember specifically I was at a wedding with my my boyfriend and his all the a bunch of guys. I was the only one. I was like, this is gonna suck. I'm gonna be sober the whole time. <laughs> I'm with a bunch of dudes. I ended up having the best time. But anyways, I ordered a burger and I was like, F it, I'm eating it. And again, like still had some of that like diet culture mindset. And then I ate it and was like, what is the big deal about a hungry girl, pregnant or not, going out and eating a burger and finishing it in front of a group of guys? Like, what is the big deal? (laughs) So, you know, from there, like, you know, I go out to eat, you know, pre-COVID days now. Like, if I want a burger, like, I'm getting the burger. I'm not going to adjust what I'm ordering because the skinny girl next to me is also ordering a salad like she's got her own issues then. <laughs> or maybe she just wants the salad but like we judge and we make our decisions you know really based on like okay what's everyone else eating or who's gonna see me eat this or what are they gonna think if I finish this burger or like just eat the freaking burger yes. <laughs> that's beautiful <laughs> and so yes. I mean in so you're like in being pregnant you had these cravings and also your your hunger cues when you're pregnant are telling you your baby needs that right so I was like you know again like they're just so strong you can't ignore it so just trusting myself through you know my whole pregnancy and again like knowing like a little bit about nutrition and stuff like sure did I crave like cupcakes and stuff yeah and I ate them but I also made sure like I balanced my meals you know so that you aren't just like overdoing it on anything Mm -hmm. so it's it's really all a balance but you've got to be in the mindset of health and not in the mindset of diet culture to get there Mm -hmm. and pre I mean with uh, my experience with being with going through pregnancy too You've helped a ton with me. I mean, I probably text you every day about what to do um, when I don't have enough energy to exercise. And something that you had said was just don't be so hard on yourself. Like if you don't, if you don't have the energy to do something or if you want to eat a, a particular thing, there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to really listen to your body. And, and I think sometimes we just we try so hard to to shut that off, that listening to our body. And, Mm -hmm. um, when really it's, it's so simple. (laughs) It really is. And like somewhere along the way, like kids listen to their bodies all the time. Like I'm amazed. I watch Reagan eat and she'll tell me when she's finished. I'm like, wow, like where along the way did we get so screwed up that we just Mm. stop listening to our bodies? So 
you, I mean, you touched upon a lot before about like how your unhealthy habits from, from college and things like that and that relationship with food and, um, disordered eating and things like that. And I, I would love to know like now, I mean, I'm just thinking how you're balancing. I mean, you've always been a rock star at balancing like a thousand things at once. However, like when you're a mom and you're trying to keep up with your nutrition and you're trying to keep up with others' nutrition and heal others' relationships, like how do you, how do you balance all of that? Yeah. Yeah. And care for yourself during that period too. Right. I love this question because this has been like kind of a new revelation for me. So I used to think that balance was like doing it all and like doing it all well. But it's really like knowing that some things need to take a back seat and that you need to give some more time to something else. So like you're a new mom, like your baby's got to take priority. It just does. Like they're hungry. They need to eat. They don't, they can't care for themselves. Like that's your top priority. And after that baby should be your sleep and staying hydrated and then food and self-care in there somewhere too. But, um, you know, like right now, Reagan's 15 months. So she's like starting to be a little more independent. So I can, you know, put a little bit more into like our relationship and, you know, nutrition sometimes, like we had chicken nuggets for lunch because it was easy um, and quick and they're cheap. So like right now, nutrition isn't our top priority and we try to eat as best we can, but I don't beat myself up because we have frozen pizza for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like accepting that where you are in, in life in a certain place is fine. So maybe, maybe somebody who doesn't have a kid, um, needs to work on their finances, but they also want to eat healthy. And that can be really hard to do because health food is expensive. Um, so if I was working with that person, I would, you know, help them to try to get their grocery to a budget. And then if they have to eat out or eat fast food or eat a frozen pizza for dinner, like that's fine because in doing that, you're also fulfilling another area of your life, which is your finances. So Mm. I think, I think paying attention to all the areas of your life that you need, and this is where like holistic health coaching comes in, um, is really important. And then, you know, on top of that, you mentioned self-care and that's gotta be one of the, you know, most important things for me because as as a mom and a health coach my job is to take care of other people but I can't do that if I'm not taking care of myself mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I used to think self-care was like facials and bubble baths I mean a whole <laughs> night just to myself and like I'm learning that like self-care can be buying yourself a nice candle and lighting it at night or mm-hmm. sitting down in silence for five minutes when she goes for her nap or, um, you know, watching an episode of your favorite show or listening to your favorite podcast on a work on a walk or something. So like, how can you, how can you just live in a practice of self care so that you feel ready and able to help people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's so important in your profession. Um, Because if you, you know, I think it's, it makes sense that your cup would have to be full to be able to give to anyone else's. Um, But that awareness on your behalf is wonderful because I think 
for so many, and most women are in healing professions. It's, I mean, healing profession, professions such as like teaching and yeah. nutrition work and, you know, education, social work, human services, um, nurses, like those are predominantly held by women. And I think that that that's no coincidence. I mean, uh, where it's in our, it's our innate desire to care for people and to support for people, provide support for people and, and listen and be the empath, you know, and that's not to say that that's our job or that we're required to do that or that, you know, men don't need to do those things as well. That's not at all what I mean by that. Um, but I think it's really important to, to be specific about your own personal goals in that self-care realm, because one, you deserve it. And two, you know, your, your quality of healing that you can give to other people, whoever's receiving your energy at, at work or otherwise, um, mm-hmm. is only as good as, as your own energy and your own quality of life. Um, so that's, I love that you are able to take that time for yourself. And even if it is only five minutes when, you know, your daughter goes down for her nap, but it's five minutes for you. And, yeah. and, and kind of like you said, the balance piece of like, so I think it's really easy in our culture of like social media right now to compare ourselves to other people, like other so accounts easy. that we follow. <laughs> like, and that's, that's essentially why I think it's so addicting to people because we're constantly thinking like, okay, what is this, what are these people doing? And how do I do that? Because if, they, if someone else is doing it, I need to step my game up. When in reality, it's like, no, cause that person has a totally different life. They have totally different goals. They have a totally different upbringing. They have a totally different situation. Um, and, and, you know, maybe this, like, like you were talking about finances, like you're giving to that area of your finances, even though you might be eating fast food once in a while, or, um, you know, not buying the healthiest, like the best name brand food, because you're giving to this other area of your life at the same time. Yeah. And I think, you know, you mentioned that all of these, a lot of women have these careers and, you know, passions for helping people. And it just got me thinking like, you know, someone might be hearing this and might think like, ah, I have Mm -hmm. no time for self-care, which is, I mean, it's so true. Like we're, I don't know why we're all so busy, (laughs) but we are. And my, my biggest self-care tip is like saying self-care too. So like say no to something on the weekend, Mm -hmm. like you can say no and take care of yourself. And so I hope, I hope someone listening hears that and says no to something aside from like, the chaos of what is happening in the world like I had a great march because we were home with our yeah. family like it was just nice like we didn't have any and, well you didn't have the pressure of plans yes right exactly so regardless of if you if you usually make them or not it just kind of released a lot of pressure and I feel like pressure is what creates unhealthy habits in everything in our life totally totally yeah I mean, time pressure. Yeah, the pressure to be thin, mm-hmm. the pressure to eat healthy, the pressure to say yes to everything, the pressure to have a huge mm-hmm. wedding, mm-hmm. the pressure to have the right clothes, the pressure to have your hair done all the time, to like look great yeah. every time you go out, um, the pressure to to have the perfect photograph to upload to your Instagram. Like it's it's <laughs> endless. I was I was just reading something about pressure that I just want to mention. Um, and it helped me reframe it because I struggle a lot with pressure. I like feel I mean, I struggle a lot with pressure around food or around, you know, fitness or body image um, in general, like most women do. And mm-hmm. um, 
something I read recently was in a book by Glennon Doyle and she was, she reframed the, the, the term pressure and it really helped me see it differently because like you were saying, we see them as things that we have to do, things that throw us off balance, things that prevent us from staying at this like steady pace and they, you know, they knock us from side to side and we feel pulled in different directions and we don't know how to keep everything intact and in balance and in line. And she reframed it as maybe pressure is what is maybe it's possible that pressure is what can keep me in balance. And I can see pressure as things in my life that are positive that I get to do kind of like a gratitude practice. And when, when she was talking mm. about pressure, she was talking more about like pressure from like just to raise her, raise her children and keep her family like safe and happy and healthy um, pressure from work, pressure to take care of herself, um, pressure from maintaining relationships with friends and family um, and I, when I read that, I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense because what if, what if we did see something like food and nutrition and fitness and, and like women's health overall as a positive pressure of, Hey, these, this is this community of women that are all going through the same thing. And here are some really like holistic resources to help remind you that one, you're human two you're not the only person that's feeling this way. And three, like, let's work on self-acceptance here. So, yeah, you do have, you know, these obligations to fulfill this weekend, but maybe it's okay to say no to some of them so that you can take care of yourself so that the obligation that you have on Sunday, you can really show up for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just, I love, I love that pressure came up um, because I think that that's a relatable word for a lot of listeners. And going off of that, um, one thing I learned through coaching is, you know, it can be really hard to get someone even though I just made the suggestion to like look at it in a positive light, it can be really hard sometimes to get somebody to go from a negative mindset to a positive mm-hmm. one. So in that space, like you just want to go from negative to neutral. So instead of looking at your body and going, Oh, look at those thighs. I mean, come on. You could look at your body and say, okay, these are my thighs period. And you move on. And eventually you get to a point where you say like, hey, check out them thighs. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe not. (laughs) I love that negative to neutral. I love that. Yeah, because, I mean, think about how many negative to positive is a huge jump. And, you know, in any area of your life, it's kind of unrealistic to stay there. So you need to take baby steps. And, like, that neutral space is really where you find um, what matters. Mm. So for, for our listeners who have been, who have struggled with health, nutrition, body image, disordered eating, I mean, you just, you're a wealth of knowledge for so much, but what is, what is kind of a message that you, like your number one message to them to just kind of start? Um, I would say, I would break this up into two parts of nutrition and body image. So when it comes to nutrition, just take the words good and bad out of your vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Um, Salads are salads. Cookies are cookies. Cake is cake. Pizza is pizza. Nothing is good. Nothing is bad. Um, Because you are not good or bad for eating these things. Food is food. Even looking at food as fuel can be a little bit tricky to somebody who struggles with disordered eating because that's kind of how I viewed it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And when I had this food is fuel mindset, I was thinking, oh, well, I can't eat, be eating cookies because what kind of fuel is that? Or, you know, so you still get into this tricky mindset. So just food is food. 
That's all it is. Mm -hmm. And you eat it and you move on with your life. And then with body image, if you're really stuck in a negative body image space, I would go to that negative to neutral position. And there's a lot of talk about loving your body and that's wonderful, but that love for your body comes out of caring for your body. So I really hope that people start to care for their body without caring about the size of their body or how it looks. So care about the inside of your body. Um, And I can guarantee you, if you eat in a way that feels good to your body, if you do things out of love for your body, your body's going to respond in a way that you want it to. Um, So if that's confusing to someone, like I used to struggle with being bloated like all the time, but I didn't realize it was because I was eating pounds of protein powder and I was restricting and then I was just binging on food and it just had like no order. And that bloatingness, I used to call myself like a fat stomach, but guess what happens when you start eating real food and not, you know, just like fake foods and protein powders, you aren't bloated anymore. And if you're not starving yourself and then binging on things, your digestion is better. And guess what? I don't have a bloated stomach anymore. So, you know, my stomach, yes, is flatter. So Mm -hmm. that's just a little like testimonial of my own. (laughs) And do you find everybody's totally different that you work with? Like just what our bodies need. It's all, it's all different, right? It is all different. And that's like another popular question I get. Are you going to give me a meal plan? And mm-hmm. as a health coach, I can't give a meal plan. Only a registered dietitian can. Um, but that's not even what I do because well, the foods that work for me aren't going to work for you. Did you want to talk about, too, the different plans that you do have, just so our listeners know, like, where to find you and if they want to join you? Yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram at Jenna Michelle Wellness. That's Michelle with two L's. Um, My website is also JennaMichelleWellness.com. I have, I offer everything virtually. Um, This was pre-COVID and now today still so virtual I do one-on-ones I have a couple openings in August so if you're interested send me a DM or an email Um, I have a fit pregnancy program that I'm part of so I have a discount code for you for um, workouts through your pregnancy and for postpartum and I also have a virtual group coaching about body image that will be happening in the fall so that's amazing yeah, all the links are in my bio um, and on my website. So send me, yeah, sending me a DM if you have questions is probably the best place to get me. Cool. Can you t- just for like only because I'm personally curious too? Can you talk a little bit about the body image virtual um, workshop that you're doing? And uh, I think you said September. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it'll be sometime in the fall. So whenever I get things together, mm-hmm. um, but. It's going to go over everything about like dissecting diet culture and your good foods and bad foods and like helping you to rid those because I think your body image and relationship with food, it all, it's all intertwined. Um, And 
yeah, talking about how to handle holidays with how you're feeling around food and seeing family and maybe if your body has changed since the last time you've seen people Mm. and how you're going to react to, you know, what people have to say, if they're going to say anything, even if they don't say anything, how you're going to feel about it. So just kind of preparing people to, you know, get back out there. Um, is what like like words of Jenna wisdom might you give to like anyone? Because I feel like there's a lot of people um, who maybe like their bodies did change during the pandemic and during quarantine. Um, and that might be something that people are struggling with. And so kind of like how, oh, maybe you're going to holidays and you're seeing family that you haven't seen. And I mean, some of these, like, I, I imagine this, this like holiday season, there might be people who haven't seen their family in like eight months um, out of protection. Yeah. Um, and so if your body has significantly changed one way or another, which a lo- I think a lot of people's have during quarantine, and that's been like a, a very talked about thing that I've seen on social media. Um, what might you offer them as far as just like a little token of, um, of support? We'll sign up for my course. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, it sounds like it. Um, I would say, so something that's really powerful is, and I call it like having my armor. Like I have one liners that, and chances are somebody isn't going to say something unless you have someone really rude in your family, Mm -hmm. in which case like whatever with that person. But (laughs) coming up with a one liner so that you know like, you know, before you go out the door, and this could be to a summer barbecue, it could be to Thanksgiving, it could be going to meet friends for lunch, whatever. If somebody comments or gives a remark or gives you a side eye or whatever, all you need is come up with a one-liner that makes you feel confident and that lets that person know that the conversation is ending there and you're not engaging any further. So let's say someone says like, oh, you've gained weight, which would be crazy for someone to say, but people say weird things. Or maybe it's just how (laughs) you're feeling too around those people. Yeah. Um, You know, just reminding yourself saying, this is my body now. Like, here I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that voice of self-compassion, I think, is probably one of the best tools that anyone can learn. Um, Yeah. And it's fluid, you know, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's easy to find, sometimes it's really hard to find, but yeah. I think that's that voice of self-compassion is, is really huge. Like, remind, like just like simple mantras, like, okay, I'm human. This is okay. Like this happens. Yeah. We gain weight. We lose weight. Like we, you know, we get pregnant and we have babies and our bodies change and it's beautiful. It's, it's, it doesn't have to be, you know, like it, it's, it's unfortunate that the culture that we live in it, like Jesse, you were saying, like, it has to be something that you have to bounce back from. Like, why can't we just be like, why, um, why can't that just be, be okay where we are and why does that have to be a focus at all but that's Mm -hmm. I I really love that me too um well thank you so 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 much Jenna because you are just so wise and I think there's so even for me now like walking away from this conversation I have like three or four things that I'm going to change Mm -hmm. and they're really simple things but it's just you really start to recognize how you speak to yourself how you speak to others how you look Mm -hmm. at good and bad um things like that so I mean is there anything else you want to add um before we go 
No, this was so wonderful. <laughs> um, I love talking with people who get it. Um, and I hope I hope everyone listening learned something. And this was just great. I loved it. Thank you so much, Jenna. We're so grateful. I think your knowledge is like so needed in the world and your area of expertise is, is definitely what more women need to, to hear. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Please reach out to Jenna, DM her at her Instagram at Jenna Michelle Wellness, Michelle with two L's. If you would like to get in touch with her or ask her any more questions that might've come up during this podcast episode, she would be happy to help you. And also she has some openings in August for people who want to work with her firsthand. Also, her website can be found in the episode description and also in her bio on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening.